Welcome to another inspirational teaching from Faith Family Church. For more information about our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv. It's going to be great, great, great. So over the last couple of weeks, it's been so much fun sharing with you about a couple different topics. And the first week I share with you about Jesus and that he didn't call the church, he didn't call the followers of him to be leaders. He called the people, he called the disciples to follow him. He called the disciples to get people to follow his teachings. Paul talked about follow me as I follow Christ. And to, to one step more, is that Jesus said, I'm not doing my own thing. I'm following in my father's footsteps. I'm doing what I see my father do. I'm saying what I hear him saying. See, Jesus didn't call the church to be leaders. He called us to be followers of him. And the purpose of the church is not to lead a standard. It's to follow Jesus and to lead people to Christ and let Christ be the standard for every individual person. See, when the church tries to pick up the moral responsibility of the world, we have a form of godliness, but we try to get some leadership aspects of Jesus. We can't get the results of Jesus unless we're connected to what he's doing. Jesus said, I'm the vine, you are the branches. You can bear no fruit. You can't get my results unless you're connected to me. So we can't take some principles of Jesus out and try to fit Jesus' principles into our life. We have to truly change our course and follow after Jesus to get the results that he wants us to get. Amen? Also, the uh, last week I shared about discipleship and what it looks like. And the role of a pastor or elders of a church are called to equip the saints. And we talked about this in Ephesians. And I want you guys to remember this. How the, the purpose is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And I shared from a personal example the um, experience as to what Nicole and I did as youth pastors. How we bridged the gap. How we showed... Uh, youth that were just accepting Jesus as the Lord and Savior, and then youth that have been saved as far as they can remember their whole lives. They grew up in church, but they didn't know how to bridge the gap between Jesus to the world. So we had these things called Matthew parties, and we'd have a ton of people show up, and we shared with people, and we showed them the importance of how to bring Jesus in a conversation. Not being the ones, and this has happened before, and I've done this before, where you go up to a complete stranger, you're like, if you were to die today, would you go to heaven or hell? Pastor Chris, they didn't answer, and they laughed at me, and I don't know. We're to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. You're to be equipped. That's the most important question. I want you guys to, to understand this. The most important question that somebody will be faced with in their life is where they're going to go when they leave this life. But we have to have tact and we have to follow Jesus' example. We cannot go about it out of religious obligation. We have to go about it because we're about our Father's business. That it's a passion of what we're about. Have you ever seen somebody that's passionate about anything? They're always so much fun to talk to. You could talk to somebody, you have no interest in what their passion is, but you will respect the passion that they have. Why? Because passion is contagious. Jesus had a passion for following after his, God's, his Father's ways. We need to have a passion about following after Jesus' ways. So, and when we have that passion, people can see, 
man, that, you know, that guy, you know, Pastor Chris, he might be weird, but he loves Jesus. I don't care how I look. I care what people see when they see me. Are they seeing some guy that plays church that, oh, he shows up on Sundays, but man, you should see him on Monday and Tuesday. It's like, he needs to go back to church. And a lot of times, that's why churches met at Wednesdays, because man, some of the believers, they really need that, uh, they need that cleaning. Okay, you guys are serious there. Maybe, maybe you need that extra hour of sleep. <laughs> so today I want to follow in Jesus' example the importance of what Jesus said to do. If you turn your Bibles to Matthew 5, chapter 13, this is this. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. I love this scripture because it's so direct and to the point. The purpose of the church is to preserve the world. And we don't preserve the world by coming up with some standards. We preserve the world by following after Jesus. I'll say this. You can take meat that's freshly cut and prepared and you could take meat that was freshly cut and prepared a couple days before putting the the fresh meat in with the meat that's not as fresh will not preserve the meat only salt preserves and I really want you to think about this And think about it soberly. We are salt. We are the preservation of the world. But if the salt loses its flavor, it's good for nothing. Church outside of Christ is a waste of everybody's time. Coming to church, fitting Jesus in your schedule, you will never get the benefit of Jesus' lordship if you truly are Lord of your life. You will never get the benefit of Jesus being your Lord unless you submit to his Lordship. The world, furthermore, will never get the benefit of a church in their community, a group of believers in their community, if the group of believers are good for nothing. Actually, Jesus said, you guys are going to be good for one thing if, you're, if you've lost your flavor. It's good for the world to just step on you and say, this is fake. Ooh. But the world does say that a lot about church. And Jesus gave them the stamp to say, yeah, it's accurate. The church is to be the earth's preservation. And how do we preserve the world? I'm going to give you a hint. We follow Jesus. Look at this. Matthew 5, 14 through 15 says this. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. When I was younger, I used to think that I needed a great testimony. I used to hear people that were totally contrary to the things of God, 
living a life that was for themselves. They were God. They were ruler. They were um, sex, drugs, rock and roll, the whole thing. And God showed up mightily. And I was like, man, I, I, I guess I can never be used by that. And there was in a, a, a temptation for me, well, maybe I should go out and live like the world so I can have experience so then I can relate to people. Any Christians ever felt that you don't relate to people and because you don't relate to people, if I don't relate to them, how am I going to reach them? And then the Holy Spirit did a great work in me and I want to share with you what he, what he shown me. With that logic, here's how it's flawed. If that's accurate information, Jesus Christ could have never reached the world. Jesus did not come to relate to the world. Our mission from Jesus is not to Listen, show the world that you can relate to him. Jesus, we needed anything but that. We needed somebody who knew who God was and could show us a better way. I don't need to relate with you to let you know if you spend more money than you make, guess what? You're going to be in trouble. Do I need to go through bankruptcy to tell you, oh, I know exactly what it's like to spend more money than I make. Will that cause you to really listen? Or will you truly listen to somebody that truly has the answer? We're called to be the salt, to preserve. In order to preserve, we cannot be like the world. If we're just like the world, we just lost our flavor. What flavor of Jesus are you giving the world? Are you giving a form of godliness but denying the power of God in your life? Well, I acknowledged God. Well, acknowledgement, the demons acknowledge God. What's the difference? The difference should be this. The weight of anyone's salvation, I don't pick it up. You know I am not qualified at all in the least to save anybody. I don't pick that weight up. I used to. And then what I ended up doing, can you hand me that chair? Yeah, just that chair. Hey, chair. Thank you. I like illustrations. I'm visual. So now you guys are visual. When I try to have the standard and be the standard, can you come up here, Pastor Mike? You didn't have the weekend all the way off. If you would have been here earlier, we could have talked about this. No, I'm just kidding. I'm so... I'm sorry. This will probably be the last time I'm talking to you for a while. <laughs> I lost my train of thought. But it's okay. It's back. When I try to put the weight of somebody else's salvation on me and my lifestyle, what I end up doing is becoming my own God. You might say, well, how do you become your own God if you care about people's salvation? I'll tell you how you become your own God. Because you get prideful. So when you see your friends, you're going to be my friend right now, that are struggling in a situation and you feel that they should know by now, you should be free from this by now. You ever dealt with a friend that kind of always goes back to his same old habits? And you get frustrated, you're like, what are you doing? I'm the only one, only a couple of us? Okay, I'll just keep going this way. So what happens when the weight of their salvation is on you you pick up the burden of their salvation, which we were never designed to do that lift. So instead of looking at them how Jesus looks at them, 
how God looks at him, that God so loved the world that he gave Jesus. God didn't love the world so much he gave him Chris. Thank God. He gave him Jesus. So if I'm sitting there picking up the weight of him, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to judge him. You call yourself a Christian? And then every time I walk with them, here, let's walk this way, I'm going to be walking them into judgment and condemnation. And the frustration that I have, and I'm not really frustrated with them, I'm frustrated with myself because the weight of their salvation I've now picked up, which I can't lift it, no human can lift it, that's why Jesus had to come. Then we see people struggling and we get frustrated, but our frustration's really not at them, it's what's happening here. Because we've literally decided to pick up an impossible task. And then the, 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 the bad side of it is that the moment that they realize that you can't pick it up, you call yourself a Christian? We like to show the I'm at this level, you can follow me, guys. But you know that we're never designed to stand on this level? We're designed to say, follow me, guys. Let's look at Jesus. And when we're following after Jesus, we don't pick up the weight. So if somebody's struggling with sin, we're like, yo, I don't understand what you're going through. But Jesus is God. And he paid the price for your sin. People don't need somebody relating to them. They need somebody knowing who Jesus is and sharing who Jesus is. And then when they share who Jesus is with them, guess what? Just come here. Focus on this guy. This is the guy. And when Jesus, I'm Jesus illustrated purposes only, Jesus is the one that will pull you out of your sin. See, I can't pull, and we ain't going to do that yet. <laughs> Illustration stops there. Church over. Call 911. No, I'm just kidding. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, no, I need the chair for a little bit later. Guess which one of you I'm calling up next. No, I'm just kidding. When we try to fit into the world, to reach the world, we're only damning the world. And all of us know the people that were super strict, super spiritual, super fake. Right? Maybe we have been that person before. I step on my own toes. Trust me. My toes are huge. I've gotten a lot of stepping on my toes. We're called to be different. We are not anointed to share the gospel according to Chris or you. We're anointed to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Only thing that God anoints us to do, he doesn't anoint our stories. He anoints us to share his story. We're storytellers. And the story that we're telling people is that Jesus Christ is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. You want peace? Find Jesus. You want to pray? You know who Jesus is. I was never this bold in my belief before. How have I become this bold? Because I spend time reading scripture. And the, the, the spiritual bondage that I was kind of putting on myself, the Lord's been revealing it to me. And as I read scripture and follow, it just comes off. I want you to focus on this. It said that we are the light of the world, right? Wouldn't it be interesting if light 
went to reach darkness, but the way it tried to reach darkness was shutting the light off. But that's what we do as a church sometimes, as the church. I'm talking about globally. Jesus didn't call us to be the same as the world. He called us out of the world. And he called us to follow him. And as we follow him, we lead people to him. But so many of us are like, oh, I, I got to be cool like them. I got to be hip like them. I got to talk like them. I got to say what they say. Listen, I don't talk how people talk. I don't say what people say. And somehow God uses this guy. I still don't know how he does it. I'm, truthful. I'm not trying to fit in to the mold. I'm trying to get people to see Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. When you read your Bible, it's only strengthening you so you can stand up against the enemy. Well, people hurt me. People bother me. Welcome to the world. We all can share in that. But guess what Jesus said? Love your neighbor as yourself. He called us to be like him. He didn't call us to be like the world. You know the world, it's very interesting, but the world will be friendly to people who it likes. So what are, we, what are we showing the world when we're friendly to people who are kind to Christians? But we reject the people. Oh, you're rude. You're not respecting God. God don't need your help. God's not up in heaven insecure like, I'm going to smite them because I'm going to show them I'm God. He's totally confident in who he is. We need to be totally confident in who he is in our life. We don't need to pick up the weight of people's salvation. We need to pick up the mandate that Jesus said, follow me. And when we follow him, he'll make us fishers of men. And when we fish for men, we bring them straight to Jesus. You've heard the saying in church probably before, don't try to clean a fish. You can't clean a fish before you catch it. But let me tell you something. We are so low-maintenance fishermen, how God wanted it. He doesn't want us cleaning any fish. He's like, no, you just catch them and you just bring them straight to me. <laughs> Chris, stop. I'm still, work I'm still cleaning you, Chris. You, you don't get to clean others. I'm still cleaning you. Now, we're 100% righteous, but we're 100% following after Jesus, being changed and led from glory to glory. And as we're following after Jesus, our influence changes people. You guys getting this? I'm so excited, and I just can't hide it. Matthew 5.16, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your God, or wait, no, glorify your Father in heaven. Let your light shine before men that they can see your good works. So what do we talk about in Ephesians? We're to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. What is the good works? We talked about being disciples, how to bring people or bring Jesus into the conversation. Matthew 5 Chapters 5 all the way to 7 are, are, are some of the most deepest theological teachings that Jesus ever taught. And what he was doing, he was systemically going after the, what they, the, the Pharisees thought that they had mastered the law. And he was systemically going and showing them, you're not a master, you're a rookie. You're not a master in this, you're a rookie. That's where we get, um, Jesus talked about if you, you've heard it said, if you commit adultery with the woman, you, thou shalt not commit adultery. Jesus said, I tell you this, if you look at a woman lustfully, you've committed adultery in God's eyes. Whew! 
I'm not going to ask a show of hands, but you know what I'm saying. He brought it right back to the heart. That's what God dealt with the children of Israel in the Old Testament. You acknowledge me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds. Matthew 5, 43-48 says this, You've heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. Now he's not saying do good to those that aren't friendly. Let's be honest. Some people in church aren't that friendly. Some of you in here might not be that friendly. He's, he's working on me. <laughs> Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you or despise you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Wow. I don't want to do that. I want to come to church. I want to be with people I know and love. And then if the people offend me at church, let's kick them out. You're rude. <laughs> so are you. <laughs> Pray for those who spitefully use you. Not only are they using you, but then they're judging you when you don't live up to the standard. It's like the worst kind of friend. The friend that's constantly always take, 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 take. You're always giving, 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 giving. And then when you have a day that you're off, instead of them showing up how you show up, they're like, this is real to you? <laughs> Look at your life. You're judging me? Let's judge you right now. You ever been there? And God wants me to pray for them? <laughs> Obviously, that was not Jesus talking. Oh, wait, it was actually Jesus talking. Why? That you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? The tax collectors, we shared this a couple weeks ago, they were traitors to their, their people. Rome came, Rome was known, it was a powerful military force. They were tyrannical and it's their way or no way. And they would come and they'd pillage villages. They would do horrible things to the women and children. They'd kill the men. There was one uh, road going into the, uh, uh, the city or on the path. And Rome, historically, this is a historical account. They killed 10,000 men, women, and children, and put them on the stakes for the road to let everybody know that if you rebel against us, we will destroy you and your village. So straighten up. And the soldiers had no problem killing, hurting, just doing terrible things. And the tax collectors are like, I'll work for you. And Rome said, this is the number we need from the cities to do their fair share. We don't care if you take from the top. And then the tax collectors had the authority from Rome to use Roman soldiers to enforce 
a false tax, and they got rich from it. And Jesus said the tax collectors even do that. They're nice to the people that are nice to them. But God called us to be like his son, not like the world. Is our relationship with Jesus effective in the world? Or are we becoming so sidetracked and focused on, well, I'm just going to hang out with these people. You know, Jesus didn't hang out with his people. He brought his people to the unchurched people. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, the mandate is that you show that Jesus is your Lord in your life. Not all of us are called to be preachers, pastors, but all of us are called to do the work of an evangelist. All of us are called to let our light shine. (laughs) I don't know what to say. It's okay. You don't have to know what to say. Let your good deeds be seen. For people look at you, man, you know, so-and-so, they are so rude to Eric all the time. All the time. You know, at first I thought Eric was going to just snap, but he doesn't. And he actually gives them money for lunch sometimes. Crazy. Why does he do it? He says it's what Jesus would do. He believes in that stuff? Obviously. He's doing it. Let your light shine before men that they can see your good deeds. See, when we're acting like the world, you know what we're doing? You ever go to a business and you see the open sign and then it goes closed? And you're like, oh, I almost just made it. Jesus has strategically put you where you are in your life, in your career, in your relationships, so that you could leave the light on and show people you are a follower of Jesus. That you follow Jesus in the good times and the bad times. We've had so many people not... When you grow up in church, you, you see the good, the bad, the ugly. We've had so many people that have left the church undercover in the dark of night because they couldn't live up to the standard they were showing the people. Oh, that was crazy. <laughs> Feel better though. No, just kidding. They couldn't live up to the standard that they were projecting. So when they realize that they're not the savior that they wanted people to think they were, sneak out, get out of Dodge. Guess what? The world's not looking for you. The world's looking for Jesus. Jesus didn't ask you to lift their salvation or you're benching their salvation. He asked you to follow him. When people are nasty to you, God bless you. God bless me. You know what? I'm going to show you. God bless you. 20 bucks. Why? Why do that for somebody? Because my Lord and Savior told me to. If it was up to me, I'd deck you right now. I'm just being honest. But it's not up to me. And you better be happy I'm following Jesus and not what I feel like. No, no, I'm just kidding. Jesus didn't say to do that. I'm being honest. Is it easy being nice to people? No. Yeah, the only amen I got today. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hard sometimes, but guess what? It's hard all the time. And it's going to stay hard. And get, this is what makes it really hard. When you focus on what you're doing for them. You can't focus on what you're doing for them. This is how you follow Jesus effectively. 
If you walk away with one thing from this series, this is how you do it. They did this to me, they did this to me, they did this to me. Okay, God's sitting up there in heaven. He's sitting on his throne. Pastor Eric, can you come here? Without, without saying any names, tell me some things that people have done to you. I'm going to be God. You're going to be praying to me to help you. Illustrative purposes, people. You know, I don't need people to say, are you saying he's God at that church? I'm not. Some things were done. Uh, hard money never gave it back. Oh, so they stole from you. Oh, they gossiped. They took your money. They killed your reputation. What else? Keep going. I got all day. I'm God. I got eternity. <laughs> I usually try to forget those things. Yeah. Try harder because you're telling me about it. No, I'm just <laughs> I hope it's easier to talk to God. Yeah. To give people opportunities and then they leave you high and dry. With either work or ministry or friendship. Guess what? They did that to my son too. And they did it to me all the time. But know that they're not your reward. I'm your reward. And they're not asking you to do it. I'm asking you to be as passionate for their soul as I am. And I know it was going to be hard. That's why I sent my son Jesus to pay for your sin. And that's why when I look at you, I don't see anything that you did wrong to me. Because the offense you did to me was way greater than any one offense that they did to you. But now when I see you, I see you as my son Jesus, totally perfect. And I'm well pleased in the position that we're in. But what I also did, I sent my Holy Spirit. And he's going to help you. The same spirit that was with my son, he's actually with you. And he's going to convict you of righteousness. Conviction's not a bad thing. Conviction is something that causes you to course correct. When you're convicted of sin, you're like, oh, I shouldn't do that. You course correct. When you're convicted of, oh, this isn't righteous, God says, this is what righteousness is. I'm going to act like the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. See, when we have that view, Jesus had 12 disciples. And only one of them went by this name, the disciple whom Jesus loved. He loved all of them, gave his life for all of them. But John had this revelation that, Jesus loves me. And everywhere he went, he would talk to people. He's like, I'm John. I'm the guy that Jesus loved. And John went from this crazy hothead. He was one of the sons of thunder, this violent guy like, oh, you looking at me wrong? Bam! To the guy that shared the gospel and showed us what the love of God was. Showed us that's not the love of God acting in the flesh. Thank you very much. Give him a round of applause. That was awesome. Yeah, you can take that. Thank you very much. Great acting. When we recognize what we've done to God and not done to God, everything else is inconsequential. You know what God said? When you were my enemy, and hated everything about me, I sent my son to die for you. And what does he want us to do? To show people that God loves them and show them that God
that God is working in us. And the deeds that we do for them are not for them. Everything we do is under the Lord. Every time you have an opportunity to be upset or frustrated, things aren't working your way, life's hard, and I get it, is an opportunity you can say, guess what? I'm going to heaven. You might say, oh, it doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, it does. Listen to this. All the things that you've done wrong are never going to be held against you because Jesus took them from you. And if you really believe that, it will dictate what you think, what you say, and what you do. John had a revelation. I'm the disciple who Jesus loves. Now, did Jesus ever tell John, hey, I love you more than all the other guys? You're my best bud? No, there's no indication of that. John doesn't even say that. But isn't it interesting, and I'll close with this. When Jesus was about to be crucified and he was taken into captivity or taken prisoner, you know that every one of the disciples left him? But the guy that knew Jesus loved him was the guy that went and got Jesus' mother and came back and stood boldly by Jesus' side. Where Jesus, in his dying breath, said, Mother, that's your son. Talking about John. And he said, John, that's your mother. The guy that knew that Jesus loved him was the guy that showed up for Jesus. How are you going to do what you're called to do in this world? You're going to know that Jesus loves you. That he died for you. You might say, oh, Jesus loves me this I know for the Bible tells me so. Absolutely. It's exactly what I'm saying. And when you know that you are loved by God, it's going to govern what you think, what you say, and what you do. You're going to realize that at your job, you don't have to try to fit into your job. You have to realize that you have an opportunity, a God-given opportunity with your intelligence, with your skill set, that God's given you an anointing so that you could show people that, yes, I'm qualified to be here, but guess what? I'm also qualified to live a life that you have no idea about. I say, what do you mean? I pray for people, and when I pray, God shows up. And you can only say it with confidence if you're seeing it. You don't understand. Life's so hard. I'm going through this. I have all this calamity in my life. Oh, that's terrible. But I'm going to pray for you. And when I pray for you, God will show up. Why? Because he hears me. How do you know he hears you? Because I know what the scripture says. He loves me. I love you guys. I don't know all of you as well as I know some of you. But I can honestly say that I love you. And the love that I have for you is not based on you. It's based on the love that my Savior and Lord has for you. So when I see people, and Pastor Mike and Pastor Don and Nicole, Pastor Eric, Pastor Rachel, when we see people in the church that are struggling, we have a genuine love. Why? Because we love the things that our Savior loves. And we're tasting the freedom that we have in Christ. And we want to share it with you. If you hang out with me long enough, you'll, you'll always hear me say this. Read your Bible. And it'll get annoying to you. And guess what? I'm going to keep saying it. 
because you can't walk the path that God has for you unless you take time to read about what God's done for you and the position that he's put you in. Let's bow our head and close our eyes. Father, we come to you now in the name of Jesus. I just thank you for everything you're doing in our life, everything you've done in our life. I thank you, Father, that we can boldly come to you and receive mercy and grace in a time of need. I thank you that we can pray and you watch over your word to perform it. If there's anybody in here today and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you truly have never accepted it by faith and you want to right now, it's so easy to do. The Bible says, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and you shall be saved. If there's anybody in here right now that you would like to do that, that you would like to stand in faith that Jesus Christ is Lord, Sunday, March 13th, 2022, at 11.04, you made a decision that I am going to serve Jesus, that Jesus is going to be my Lord and accept the forgiveness. I want to see your hand. I'm not going to call you down. I'm not going to embarrass you. Okay. All right. Let's do this. Everybody look at me now. You could stop the music. The world needs this message. And the world needs Jesus. I'm just going to be real. I would like for every one of you to participate in this one thing with me. Everyone, bring one. I would like to encourage you, to challenge you, to love somebody so much that you think about them, pray for them, and invite them to church. And as they see Jesus in your life, We'll do the preaching. You do the preaching through your lifestyle. We'll do the preaching through the teaching. You got it? It's a joint thing. I'm not going to say it again because I messed it up. We're called to live life together to bring Jesus glory. At this time, we're going to take up tithes and offerings. This is an opportunity, if this is your church, to be a part of what God's doing at your church. FPL does not say, yo, guess what? We got you covered this month. You're doing the work of Jesus? Awesome. You don't have to pay the light bill. And guess what? They don't care. They could not care less. Nothing against FPL. Nothing at all. These are nice lights, right? We have power. If you're about our Father's business, there's a place for people to come here and be a part of what God's doing. Be a part of it. I'm not asking you to be a part of something because God's going to make you rich. Let me tell you something. You already got it made because you're going to heaven. We're still here so we can bring more people with us. Okay? That is the heart. Say, why do we take up tithes and offerings? Because it costs money to be a church, to have a building, to have landscapers. It costs money. And what we do is we share the load. And everybody doing their part causes growth and makes it to where there's actually a building here that we can come to. Some of us have bigger houses than others, but guess what? All y'all can't fit at my house, and I know we can't fit at your house. So let's just keep a good thing going. Amen? All right. There's several different ways you can give. You can give online. 
You need a text to give. You can do, that's like confusing. I feel like it's going, uh, you will pay your tithes. No, I'm just kidding. We're not doing that. <laughs> We're not doing that. What are we? No, I'm just kidding. Um, online, you can click the, the give tab at myffc.tv. You can text the word give, 561-805-3444. You can swipe your card at the connection center in the back. And we got this metal aluminum thing. If you're old school and you're like, you know, I like dropping it in the offering bucket, drop it. I'm going to say a general prayer. You say a specific prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that there's seed for the sower. I thank you, Father, that the people grab a hold of your vision, that we're here in 2022 to be a light to this area to be a city on a hill that cannot be hid, that we don't have to figure out how to relate to people. We just have to bring you to people. And Father, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus that people grab hold of the vision that you have, that we're followers of Christ and that we follow him in all we do. It's in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Thank you so much. You are dismissed. What? We will see you next week. Can't believe I read the lips. <laughs>